Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm the host, Steve Navarra, and with me as always is Danny, man of physical therapy and flag football and many other interesting qualities. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Been saying buddy a lot more lately. <laughs> I'm... Uh... Struggling. It was a rough weekend. Uh, we are uh, we are currently in the flag football off season, so uh, no uh, no updates on that front. But uh, I jokingly was saying last week that Pittsburgh should just uh, just forfeit and and to to not even risk injuries. And and man, was I right? Because it was more embarrassing than I even imagined. Um, nine players today on the uh, of the fifty three on the on the injury report for practice. And then to top that off, the fucking Columbus crew blow a one nothing lead uh, to lose 2-1 late and, and miss the playoffs. Um, second year in a row, they've kind of had a, had a collapse and, and been, the, been the first team out of the playoffs, uh, which actually resulted in them firing head coach Caleb Porter. Um, so mm. two, year, two years after a title... Um, after I mean, granted, you know these were failures, disappointing seasons, decent seasons, but disappointing seasons. Two years after a title, Caleb Porter uh, um, let go from his from his position, which is kind of crazy to think Pittsburgh in a 14-year title drought with Mike Tomlin still uh, talking about the standard is the standard. The standard hasn't been the standard for a decade, Mike. Let's fucking go win a football game, but I'll get off. <laughs> I'll get a off. My, I'll get off my soapbox. A play. I don't even want a playoffs. Playoffs. I just want to win one fucking game. Like that. I meant. I meant historically. Game. Like historically for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So so uh, definitely was a rough Sunday for your boy. Uh, I will always appreciate Caleb Porter for uh, he, he brought a, a national championship to my Akron Zips. Um, our and, Akron and Zips, our, our Akron Zips for sure, our alma mater, and then uh, had uh, had two MLS Cup titles in his career. So big things, and I'll he'll, find he'll, a job. He'll he'll, yeah. he'll pop up again somewhere for sure. Uh, we'll miss you, Caleb. Thanks for the thanks for the mems. Um, but then but then I did I did have the very rare. Six and zero fantasy sweep this week across Ooh. my across my six leagues, which is incredibly rare to do. So that kind of made it. That it definitely softened the blow. I think last year I was only in five, but I only had one week where I had a had a five and zero sweep. So don't matter how good you are at fantasy, that's a that's a tough a tough task to accomplish. So there, yeah, there's my there's my uh, five minute intro. I think we're I think we're ready to get <laughs> into some football. Well, I I was gonna add that I had. An extremely near miss of shitting my pants, or I should say, not shitting my pants at work today. I was absolutely shocked that there were no skid marks on my underwear. You know, when, when I did get to the bathroom, I had Chipotle last night. It came out extra spicy. I don't know who made the food. They they put a, a half a tablespoon too much of uh, cumin or whatever it is. Quite spicy. Corn blew out of my ass this morning at work and I was walking with a patient who's, you know, to dementia. He don't know where he's going. So I can't just ditch him in the hallway. <laughs> the place is massive. So, you know, I had to, no one else was around. So I got him back to his, his spot and then waddled to the bathroom and, uh, 
barely made it. Workplace poo when you can't poo is, a, is always a tragedy. It's the worst part about working outpatient is you have all your scheduled patients, like all these scheduled times. Like you can't, you can't just freely poop when you need to. That's why I love. I work in a hospital, and I and I love. I, I poop. I poop whenever. There's nothing quite like yeah. pooping on the clock. It's a delicacy that that I I enjoy for sure. Definitely something I've been contemplating is uh, my schedule at the nursing home is very free flowing. I can cut minutes if I need to. I can have a shorter work day if I need to. I'm paid hourly, so it's not like I I do get paid less if I want to work less. But whereas if I if I switch over to an outpatient job, yeah, it's going to be a lot tougher schedule to deal with. That's that. Let's get into football. That's what you're here for. Baker Mayfield uh, rolled his ankle. He's in the walking boot. He stinks. We've said he stinks for years now, uh, watching him twice a year and knowing that he just doesn't have it he's good he's not great he's too short he's just too short to to see where the ball needs to go what, what do you got on baker oh god that's what I, do, I think of baker i do feel for baker from the standpoint of you know with the matt rule firing this is now his sixth coach in five years uh and i, I, I don't even probably six ocs as well so i mean it is <laughs> it is kind of an insane stat and, but I thought he, I thought he would be. I was, I kind of had expectations for Baker this year, believe it or not, with the, with the classic Baker chip on your shoulder coming into a new situation. Good defense, got some weapons, and uh, he's been bad, like just just terrible. I I don't know how much you can actually blame on on these new systems because he has just been been terrible. So yeah, Baker stinks. Uh, Panthers have three injured quarterbacks right now. Baker with the high ankle. Uh, Sam Darnold with the severe high ankle, still not ready to come out. And you got uh, the rookie, Matt Corral, who I love. Uh, would love to see him getting some action right now, but he's out for the season with the Liz Franck injury. So, P.J. Walker, the uh, the journeyman, not a terrible quarterback, but it looks like, looks like he's the guy someday. Yeah, at the Rams, plus 10.5 at the Rams. I feel like it's a get-right game for the Rams. Uh, they're, they're not good, but they're not bad. And the Panthers are pretty bad. They're they're okay on defense. They're competent on defense, but I don't think PJ Walker is gonna come out and beat the Rams defense. I think he can keep it right around the the line though, around the ten point mark. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch a ten point line. I'm not touching it either. But I'd I'm, I'd be the Rams for sure. Rams in a teaser. Rams in a money line parlay. I'm all over that. You know that's my my jam. Keeping it moving to Teddy B. Teddy B killed my. Th- 3-0 and streak. I didn't even have a chance when he went out first play of the game. I feel like it's an overcorrection from the league saying, you know, you have to go out. And who knows what, you know, they did find on the sideline and in the tunnel. I, I, he walked, he got right up. He looked totally in control of his body, gave a couple thumbs up. When they did make him jog off the sideline, he, he was jogging with purpose and balance and coordination like he did not look wobbly or woozy at all so and and from personally dealing with athletes with these uh same exact scenarios there have been times where the kid or the guy comes off to the sideline and jogs off fine and then you talk to him for a minute and you're like uh you probably shouldn't go back in it's kind of like on the borderline thing and so 
I think the league wanted to make it a point like, this is what you get, you know, for fucking this all up for everybody, the Dolphins. Uh, We're going to take him out too, and you're going to lose to the stinking fucking Jets. I could see someone whispering that into somebody's ear after the fact that it happened. Like, I don't think the league was expecting him to go down, but who knows? So that's that's my take on it. Do you have a take? Yeah, I think more, more so of just a Dolphins thing rather than the league enforcing it. But I think with the Dolphins' previous couple of weeks, there was no way they were putting Teddy Bridgewater back in the in the game and, and facing the wrath of the Twitter Karens. But definitely sucked for me. I told you last week, oh, I love I love Teddy as a, as a pickup. Put him in all my DraftKings lineups, and uh, he got me zero points. Zero point zero point. Um, actually had some good lineups, and with the zero points from the quarterback, that's a, uh, a kick Tough. right in the balls. So, uh, same same team, boat. The team is, they said they are preparing to play. They've already ruled Tua out. They are preparing to start Skylar Thompson. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I do think Teddy will probably be back on Sunday. Two is going to come back for Sunday night football next week against the Steelers and and rail us. Skylar Thompson could be in there and they'll fucking rail us. Maybe we'll have him figured out by then. We'll have enough tape on him. If, if TJ's back. And he won't be. Uh, because he did. I Yeah, we didn't talk about he got a cleanup knee surgery. Uh, sounds like an arthroscopy. This is a good thing, in my opinion, to keep TJ out. We at this point, we like I said last week, let's just see what we have in Kenny Pickett. Keep TJ to get him healed up to a hundred percent to play out the last four years on his guaranteed contract instead of forcing him out there for the last, uh, like I said, four to six, seven, eight games. And I don't think that he needs to, you know, risk that injury on a, a five-year guaranteed contract that we're we're locked into so definitely Steelers kind of tanking not tanking not trying to lose but we just stink why try to put band-aids on what needs full-on stitches they they said during the um during the the broadcast of the Steelers game that I unfortunately forced myself to continue to watch uh that uh so this was just a scope of the knee injury he sustained in that last preseason game versus the Lions, where the whole fucking team, the whole starters played the entire first half, Mike Tomlin. Um, so, yeah, this that was just a very minor cleanup of that injury, and they said it, it, wasn't, it wasn't expected to add time to the initial prognosis, the initial, like, recovery times. I still think, I mean, I, I still think TJ will put himself back in the lineup at, at that, at that six-week mark-ish. So, I mean, he is eligible to return. This is, you know, he he could come off of uh, IR. They could designate him to return at any point now because he's at that four-week minimum mark. So, so obviously, something to monitor. I think six weeks will probably still be the... I mean, if they're one and six, you know, what's what's the point at that point? (laughs) Well, and then, like I said, the next two games is home against the Bucks and away at at dolphins yeah and so uh, yeah if Tua comes back that's going to be a tough a tough two games to be even two and five. Oh yeah we stink two and four yeah it's, i mean we bad. stink we that's so that's my point that's my take is just like fucking why why are we trying to get tj back before really any point of this season like i get his 
I guess his career stats, his Hall of Fame run he's trying to achieve, uh, whether he'll say that or not. I, I guess in that regards, if he if he's good to go, then put him in. But if it's like even a, a maybe call or an inkling of he might tweak it again, re-injure it again, it's not looking up to snuff, just why, why roll the dice at all, I guess is my point. And and I know we both know that the pectoral sprains don't just get a hundred percent in even six weeks. Like it's really like an eight week thing. And and what he's trying to do with his pec is different than us doing therapy to a pec to go back to you know your shift on the you know the car line or even doing construction or something like that. Like he is. Imp- high impact, high intensity, jamming his arm into somebody else at full force, which is just putting an immense amount of tension and impact right on that joint space and tendon. So we've talked about that enough, but that 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 is pretty deep analysis, I guess, of of DJ Watchpeck, which we always come back to. I do want to say real quick while we're on the topic, since it'll be a kind of fits the. Uh, uh, well, I think TJ will come back, like Steve was saying, just because he wants to play. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's just a competitor, wants to be out there. But uh, I will also touch on this week, there was a, a bit of a little controversy where Cam Hayward, an interesting development, quote-unquote, accidentally <laughs> read, read a, a tweet from a fan responding to him where... The, the fan was calling, basically saying Tomlin's a bum who stinks and was carried by Ben and, uh, you know, and things of that nature, as, as Mike Tomlin well, said. It, it, did, it, did, it did end with, it said, uh, Cam Hay- and Cam Hayward was running up and down the field. Making tackles 30, down, 30 yards down the field. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, right, but I, I mean, how, how hard is it to make a butt retweet? Cam Hayward came out after and kind of gave a little oopsie, but I'm I'm looking more into it. I I I just hope it's the beginning of the end. The best case scenario be a John Gruden situation where you uh you trade your coach for a first round pick. That'd be epic. Any <laughs> that's stupid enough to do that and hasn't learned from uh from previous errors, but yeah, we'll see. Because the standard is not the standard. You fucking stink, Mike. <laughs> Who, uh, yeah, it's not not great. Although it's still early enough to where I think, like, but yeah, overall, it hasn't been great with Mike Tomlin. And I think uh, just because you have a great culture doesn't mean you can win football games. And it's been kind of shown he hasn't won a playoff game in recent memory. I, I don't think I don't even think it's a good culture anymore. I mean, you how many fucking ABs and TikTokers and all that shit do you have? You have Ben retiring and and he's making all these comments on you know doing Ben's got a little podcast which is actually kind of it's a little corny but it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, and I just just all the all the shit that's come out about about the Steelers team. I mean, it's it's not it's just a bad culture. It's not they're not they're not. They're just, they're they're divas. It's it's stuff that has never been affiliated with Steelers football ever. You know, it's a it's a toxic locker room. You have selfish players. You have you know. Let's let's just move on because I, I'm <laughs> we could go off my roof. We could go a whole uh, another hour and a half on the Steelers, 
let's go to a lighter subject. Daniel Jones's hand bleeding and getting blood all over his center's butt crack and taint. That was a funny visual. And really, I'm surprised this hasn't happened more often in, in the league. Uh, although I guess it, it is kind of hard to just get a laceration um, a, as a quarterback on your throwing hand. But that was funny. Do you have anything to add about that? We'll roll into Dak. Uh, no, just a normal normal man period out of your butthole. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so Dak, speaking of quarterback's hands, he is probably not going to play against the Eagles Sunday night. The yeah, Eagles they've already, line. They've already ruled him out. They're rolling with Cooper. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? He's, you four know, no, yeah. 4 no. why rush Dak back? Uh, it's the exact opposite problem the Steelers have with TJ Watt. And, uh, yeah, so why rush Dak back? I do think they get beaten by the Eagles. The Eagles are a better team, and they're at home in primetime against the you know, division rival. I think it's going to be a tough game, uh, but I do think the Eagles – uh, prevail and the lines shot up to six now for the Eagles it started at like four and a half or five. So let's go to running backs, James Connor, who I traded CD lamb for after Dak went down. And that turned out pretty horribly for me because CD lamb is still efficient. I did need a running back, but, but James Connor is who we kind of said he was. And that's someone who is injury prone other than last year where he went off and and now the, and he had you know high usage last season we put him somewhere on our on our tiers list i think tier 2 to um be hurt this season or you know risk of injury and here he is every week it's like 3 weeks in a row now james connor's been hurt and, and right now he's dealing with an ankle sprain and he probably needs two to four weeks to heal it. And in, in my opinion, if, if it's gone sour two weeks in a row now, trying to trot out on Sundays, what do you think about him? The, the ankle sprain was the, was the previous injury. Now they're saying this is a, this is a rib injury. So I think the ankle's all right. Uh, um, but, but still even, even last year when he was going off, he, he was still banged up and missed a couple games at the end. So just a guy, love the guy. I told you he was going, he was going too high this year for me to take him as much as I love him and as much as I as much as I reached on him last year for his lows he was going. But yeah, he's he's just too injury prone to um, you know, his his soft tissues cannot handle the load of a, of an NFL season, you know, after battling chemotherapy and all that. So love the guy. Uh I probably I wouldn't I would I would expect him to sit out this week, especially as good as uh, Benjamin looked in his in his uh replacement time so um but probably back i'd say a one game absence and then and then be back yeah you're probably right i'm over exaggerating and being a pessimist because my fantasy team is fucked and it sucks i've got one good team out of three so i guess that's better than nothing let's move on to well mac jones is limited i think uh zappy's gonna be the guy here uh, especially, you know, if Bill thinks he's got something with Zappy here and can game plan for him and is competitive in games, you know, Bill Belichick's going to go with who he thinks can win him a football game. So if he thinks Bailey Zappy's going to have a chance to win the football game, I think 
he is in no rush to get Mac Jones back, who has been pretty disappointing with turnovers and continuing those rookie mistakes in the year two here. Somewhat disagree. He he returned to capacity to practice in a limited capacity last week. Obviously, wasn't ready yet. Zappy did look good in relief. Looks looks light years above Kenny Pickett right now. But I think it, it I think it's something to monitor. I wouldn't be surprised if Max back out there this week. Um, you know, it'll be. It'll be a full week of practice, maybe in some kind of uh, extra supportive uh, shoe, but I, I wouldn't. I, I would. I would say more likely than not, probably that Mac Jones plays this, but definitely not a not a confirmed. Oh, back to running backs, Rashad Penny. He's out for a while, right? I, I can't remember. He's oh yeah, he's out for the season. Had to have surgery for the fibula fracture. Um, yeah. Big opportunity for the rookie, um, Kenneth Walker the the third. Or is it the second? Kenneth Walker the second. Well, how how many oh. walkers are there? I, I that's irrelevant. But yeah, Rashad Penny <laughs> thinks uh, you know he's he's another guy. It looked great when he's healthy, but he is never healthy. So a guy in a contract year, tough for him. Um, definitely pick up Kenneth Walker if he's somehow still available in your league. <laughs> how did Kenneth Mac Walker the third? In, Mac Jones sandwiched in a in a running back there. I don't know how we how we messed that up on the spreadsheet here, but. That's enough about running backs. Pick up Kenneth Walker if you can. Moving on to wide receiver, Michael Thomas still not practicing with the with the toe injury. And like I said, it's the dude that just doesn't like to play football. You know, he's he's milking he's milking these injuries. I I said if he missed that game, then I was worried about him to miss extended time. And we'll see. I wouldn't expect him back out there this week either. Just a guy you can't count on. Sucks because I got him. I got him in a league, but. Still productive when he's out there. I expect him not to play. It does look like Jameis Winston will be back this week from what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's good news for the Saints. T. Higgins, who the Saints are playing this week, did not practice for the ankle injury. I would expect him to not be able to play this week. Uh, definitely, you know, pulled out of that game early, not just out, the ruled out immediately, not having touched the field since. So I think it's... Uh, more serious than not ankles typically if it's a high ankle sprain there's really no shot of you coming back within seven days it's going to be two two weeks what do we say uh lateral ankle sprain you know you might have a chance because they'll tape it up really good you're still probably not going to be your full explosion power and quickness anything on on that I think we're good. He's just been banged up overall this year. So, yeah, I mean, concussions, another ankle. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they rest him just to just to rest him, get him healthy. I agree. Tight end. We'll just do Kyle Pitts here. He's back to practice finally for the Falcons. Has been a fantasy crushing disappointment this season. Unfortunate for that. I I stayed away from him mostly because I didn't trust the Falcons offense and he didn't really show me anything last year with Matt Ryan. So I didn't touch him at all. I don't I don't think there was a lot of buzz around him really in the preseason like, oh, he's a dark horse or anything like that this year. I think there's just some people who dart threw a dart at him and and wanted to be on on him, but I didn't see it happening and surely doesn't look like anything's gonna happen with him to to be a breakout guy this year. I I disagree with on that front. I mean this is the the touchdown, the lack of touchdowns is what got him last year. He was still in a thousand yard receiver as a as a rookie, just only had the one touchdown, which was I mean, but that was the Falcons just weren't scoring 
in general. So he was going early in drafts this year. He definitely has been a dud, but I think he's just too talented of a guy to you know to not have some type of value. He's still a top twelve tight end option week in week out, regardless in my opinion. So unless you have a have one of the top tier tight end guys, I still think he's he's the right person to start. Yeah, you're probably you're probably more right on that than I. Harrison Bugger limited at practice. We both think he's coming back this week for Big Bill's game. Uh, the uh, the backup hit the 59 yarder though on Monday Night Football, but Bucker's their guy, and I think uh, I think he'll be ready to go for Sunday. But keep an eye on him uh, for your DFS lineups. I think he's a good a good play with the high total. Yeah, if Butker's available, pick him up. I mean, obviously kickers are kickers, but the Chiefs are going to always score points. Yeah, Butker's yeah. a good play. <laughs> That's enough about kickers. We can move on. Yeah, re- real quick, Savion Smith went to the hospital onto the field, cornerback for the Lions, kind of jammed at the line and then tried to turn around 180 degrees and just kind of collapsed onto himself and conscious, uh, put on the stretcher, they said, it was a neck injury, but ESPN is reporting, Adam Schefter is reporting that he is in concussion protocol. That doesn't really make sense to me or add up to me. I don't know what, what they're doing with that case, and there's really no other information on it today uh, other than other than that weird ESPN article. There's no similar reports or confirming reports that I've read from like the Lions. We shall see what happens there. It'll be interesting to follow. Apparently he's completely fine too. So just an interesting little caveat there. I don't know how it popped up that he's in concussion protocol for that. My thought on this was, so obviously, you know, when you look at the kinematics of the of the hit you know he has his his head forward and flexed the cervical spine in a flex position with you know when the impact hits him um which is a very common mechanism for your for your cervical spine injuries um obviously it was initially ruled a neck injury and you could you could see he lost motor function as he kind of awkwardly stumbled down and and went to the ground and went and was motionless then. But you can also have, less common than your typical concussion, which is a cranial concussion, you can also have a a spinal cord concussion, which I think is, might be a possibility here, which is why they're ruling him, as, obviously, as a concussion now and in the concussion protocol, which is basically, you know, just the same thing, just, you know, the the damage, the impact is into the, the spinal cord rather than in your in your cranium, in your brain. So... Um, and the, you know the symptoms with that are basically like paralysis that that resolves. You know, it's it's not a not a full spinal cord injury where you have you know the permanent paralysis or, or deficits like that. But uh, you know, momentary paralysis. He was alert, you know, and responsive, and the and then you know by the time by the time they got him stretchered up and all all that, you know, he was fine, and then flew back home with the team. So I think that might be an option that's in play here. Glad he's okay. You know, not a career ending injury or you know nothing you know no no serious risk like that he should be fine yeah let's go real quick we, we only got a few guys for heating pad or ice pack we'll get right into kenneth walker i think we already made 
made our feelings known on that or Danny did. And and I agree. He's a solid DFS play this week. I don't think he's going to be available by now on active fantasy uh, leagues, but uh, yeah, d- uh, definitely a DFS cash, cash play. I think a lot of people will be on him this week. High percentage own probably gets you a high return in a cash game. And then Naheem Hines, Probably, I'd say definitely is playing this Sunday. He's practicing, which means coming back from concussion protocol typically means you're playing. Uh, let's let's say he is, and I'm going to say heating pad for him. What do you got? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's still not practicing. Somehow we didn't mention that in the uh, initial injury list. So, so you know, if, if Taylor's out, then definitely heating pad for Hines. Uh, in my in my Thursday night DraftKings, I had him also. Well, everybody had him on Thursday night, so that wasn't quite as big of a deal. But yeah, that was that was fun watching him go down right away. Um, I'm a, I'm a heating pad as well for Kenneth Walker, but I will add, I'm a little bit weary of this one. I think DJ Dallas is somebody worth monitoring, just from the standpoint of uh, Walker. Kind of while Penny was there, Walker getting very limited touches, less than less than you would expect. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know if he if they don't make him just the, the full on bell cow if he's in kind of a split backfield with uh, with DJ Dallas. So d- definitely Dallas isn't worth a play this week. Kenneth Walker's obviously the guy. If you have a roster spot, I think he's someone worth you know maybe picking up or at least keeping an eye on. You know if he if Walker gets 15 carries and Dallas 10, you know that's I think Dallas could be someone that might have a little bit of fantasy value down the road. Yeah, why not wide receiver? Chris Olave, definitely a focal point, a a new shiny star of the Saints. I think he's a heating pad if he plays, and it sounds like he's going to. So, you know, against the Bengals, who are a good defensive team, the Saints are going to be needing to throw the ball at some point in this game. uh, They can't just keep Gadget playing with Taysom Hill, Kamara, so uh, Chris Olave, heating pad. You there, Danny? Yeah, my mic was muted. Yeah, I uh, I concur. I agree um, with with Michael Thomas likely out and Jameis Winston coming back likely. Um, you know, Jameis loves to sling it around. Olave's looked great, uh, so I'm a heating pad. Yeah, I, I think it's a good play. Yep. Let's go down to tight end. We've got two in the same game here. Pat Fryermuth got his Danny's reporting third concussion of his NFL career but probably seventh or eighth of his career, the undiagnosed. Fryermuth practicing today. He's on pace to come back for Sunday. When I was looking at like target shares and target uh, breakdowns of teams, let me read you the Steelers. Again, bitched about the Steelers. 62% of the team's targets go to wide receivers. Wide receivers only account for 55% of completed catches on the team. Whereas the tight end position is targeted 24% of the time, but accounts for 27% of the team's completed catches. The tight end position for the Steelers is highly efficient and highly productive, whereas the wide receivers, if you watch any Steelers game, which we do, they drop balls left and right, mostly Deontay Johnson, but also Chase Claypool. Love Pat Fry. This is the one. This is the biggest one that pissed me off last week concussed late in the game i don't know why he's still in you're down 30 fucking points you know young guy his third documented concussion in his in his two years he had two last year the one the one was actually like a double concussion he got hit and he was lights out while he was still standing and then and then gets hit so i mean he literally got hit helmet to helmet 
by two different dudes. Pretty sure that one was flagged. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was. You could see he was lights out last year. So strong concussion history for Pat. Love the guy. Fantastic tight end. Great in the receiving and the and the blocking game. Big physical. Heath Miller reincarnated. Love the dude. I, I hate this. I really wish they would just hold him out. You know, for a while, even because we we. What's the point of getting your guy killed? Let him um get healthy and uh. Yeah, I, mean, I, I if he plays, you know, heating pad, there's still he's still gonna be a focal point of the offense. But I, I just really don't want him to play. Agreed. Other side of the ball, Cameron Brait for the Bucks, also practicing again, limited fashion, most likely playing Sunday. Uh, heating pad because he's on the Buccaneers offense. They're probably gonna get to do whatever they want against our defense. Brait, I mean, he hasn't done a lot this year, but. So he's probably pretty cheap. So from that point, you know, DFS, I think he's a, he's a good play. He's playing the Steelers. So yeah, not? yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know that he has like a crazy high ceiling, but you know, for the for the money that he's 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 probably gonna you know give be a good bang for your buck because he should be cheap because he hasn't done anything this year. He's thirty three hundred dollars on DraftKings, pretty cheap. Uh, whereas you know Travis Kelsey, uh, seventy eight hundred dollars, three times as much almost. Yeah. Two- I think that's a good play, heating pad. Heating pad for your for your DFS, maybe not for your fantasy leagues. Oh yeah, he's definitely a uh, DFS play. Him and Irv Smith are down there at uh, three thousand, and so is Will Disley. Will Disley, uh, I think, has a a nice little game too. Uh, that's that's your tight end guru picks there. <laughs> we'll throw back. All right, so that brings us to everyone's favorite segment, draw of the week. I I gave out like three draws of the week last week and one of them came through and surprisingly it was uh, Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. They had a 2-2 draw. Minute, 95th minute Dortmund tied that game too. So so hats off to uh to Borussia the- Dortmund. And I had uh, the the only one I actually bet was Crystal Palace, the one I gave out, and I did take the halftime. I always take both. I I just double down. I do halftime draw and full time. The halftime came through, and then I, there was a late one by Leeds, I believe, to uh, to go up, and, and Palace has just kind of got worn thin there by the end of the game. But that was not. I had the I had the soccer on with the London game and as a nice little combo. I think I'm going to start waking up more to watch the uh, 9 a.m. EPL games. So I, I kind of hit a cold streak here on draw of the week, lost mine. I had, had a draw last week, lost it late as the crew uh, stumbled out of the playoffs. So through the MLS, I'm, I'm, done, I'm done with the draw of the weeks in the MLS now. Rolling on to the uh, EPL. I think I've made a pick or two from the EPL this year. but uh, So I have... Sunday EPL action, West Ham and Southampton, uh, two teams in the bottom half of the table, um, two teams struggling to score goals, so uh, why not? Sounds like a, sounds like a draw. Let's, let's hammer that. Yeah, West Ham, the hammer is the hammer. Hammer the draw of the week, West Ham, Southampton. Yeah, I like that, the ham, ham matchup, the ham draw. I have Brentford versus Brighton. Both have a combined seven draws for this season. Both are pretty similar, middle of the table. And it's just a game that no one's going to care about outside of their two fan bases. So why not? 1-1 one, one draw. Perfect segue here into the uh, the next segment, the LGBTQIA Plus Player of the Week. 
Tough week again. Tough week. I, I really got to go with my Penn State boy here. Carl Nassib. Four tackles, QB hit, big win for the for the Bucks over a division rival. Got to give it to Carl Nassib, former All-American national sack leader, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Surely one of these weeks there there will be someone to dethrone Carl Nassib, but uh, that day has not yet come. What is he? he, I mean, he's won it 20 plus times. It's got to be a a record. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The only person to ever also win uh, LGBTQIA plus player of the week, Jalen Ramsey. Hasn't done anything much to really compete for the award uh, as of late, but we've we've got a close eye on him. Don't you worry. Now let's get into the greasy gambling picks like I alluded to. It really was Jimmy also taking the Dolphins. That pissed me off. I didn't know he was on the Dolphins till after I said I was. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt and... My three and oh, my chance at three and zero oh went down the toilet. So, but the zips over came through big, and then I finally got my revenge hit right with the Cardinals. It only took me till week five, too. You know that's not bad. That is not bad when you think about an eighteen week season. I I nailed a Cards game after four losses. Got right with the Cards. I was scared when uh, I saw Kyler Murray in that clown outfit, the the lime green. It was almost like a throwback Eagles color. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Not that the jacket itself was ugly. It was. It was atrociously ugly, just any color. But then you got to go lime green with that. And then the matching colored pants, like uh, that's, I guess fashion is is subjective, just like all the other arts. But damn, that was an ugly outfit. It was, it was uh, yeah, you can't show up to a football game like that and expect to win. Funny Barstool had in their their power rankings their their tiers they had a, a Hillary Clinton tier and it was just <laughs> Hillary, Hillary and Kyler standing next to each other it was it was amazing and he he fucking lost the game like whether he blamed the coaches which is great I love that your two hundred million dollar quarterbacks blaming other people for what he did he had the action of spiking that ball not even they like did not hurry up to the line they they kind of trotted up to the line and it did they didn't have a sense of urgency i guess that is on the coaches that you know the team just did not have a sense of urgency and they calmly spiked the ball and and yeah on second down spiking the ball Uh, that that contract is horrible cliff kingsbury's contract is horrible he's he's always sucked he's never been worth the hype He's Cliff Kingsbury couldn't win it in college with Patrick Mahomes. Like how? Like the, the fact that he got an NFL job is just out of this world. But let's let's get on with. So you want me? You want me to go first? Everybody, yeah. we're all three of us sitting at eight and seven right now in the in the pick. So we're you know we're all above five hundred. Not not a lot above five hundred, but we're above five hundred. Uh, tough week for me last week. Thank God for Tulane. I got a lot. I I told you I didn't like the slate last week though. Um, but this this week I do got a lot. Before I get into I, all college games again, before I get, get before I get I can't even talk. I'm, I'm excited for these picks. Before I get into it, I got a bitch about college game day. We were talking about this right before we recorded. Going back to Tennessee where they just were two weeks ago, they should have went to the Clemson Wake Forest game. They went to fucking Tennessee, Florida, knowing that they were coming back to Tennessee for the Bama game. It's bullshit. You have two other top ten undefeated matchups. Should be at Ann Arbor for Penn State, Michigan. Or I would even respect Oklahoma State at TCU, top of the Big 12 undefeated matchup. But no, you, you love the SEC. You're going back to Tennessee for the second time already. 
but I will get off my soapbox. A lot of lots of stuff that I like here. These, these, so Jimmy doesn't. We don't have Jimmy's picks, so I might. These might be subject to change later in the week as more info about these quarterbacks comes in. Because a couple of my picks are hinging on whether or not a particular quarterback may be available. So I will. I'll give you the three that I got right now, but I might. I might swap one or two. We'll 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 keep. Posting I don't on know about all this. So I am. I well. Uh, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much I can. You know how many times I've wanted to change my picks on a fucking Friday. We said we said, we said during the one uh, the one of the very first podcasts of this season. We said we you know since we we were talking about it's tough to make picks on a Wednesday and and we might have some late late changes, but we'll. We'll, only, we'll, we'll only dis- we will discuss this further off, yeah, off, the, off the pod. Yeah. But I am going to take it. Sounds I'm hoping that Bryce Young is back this week because if he plays, I love Bama minus seven. Nick Saban, they they came out flat, looked terrible against AM, got lucky to escape with a win. Nick Saban's good at you know bouncing back, getting his team ready. You know with him with his rat poison talks um tennessee off a huge impressive emotional win at death valley completely dominated i had lsu covering in my picks last week and they they fumbled the opening kickoff and, and gave a touch gave up they're down seven nothing a minute in. i said yeah this is this is gonna be a long day for me <laughs> um so uh so bama minus seven i love that if bryce young's playing so so lock that in the other two that i'm gonna go with Via the pod, I, I like Clemson minus three and a half at Florida State. Tough loss, an inexplicable loss for Florida State. Down a, a point, two points, two points, lost by two. Yeah, down two points. In they were at like the twenty, the waning seconds of the game, and they threw a pick in the end zone for no. Like why? Why? Um, so should have escaped last week with a win. A crushing, crushing loss for them. And then now you got Clemson coming to town. So I think Clemson probably smacks them around a little bit. See, this is where Kentucky, four and a half point dog at home. Terrible loss, tough loss for Kentucky last week. Um, Will Levis, a potential number one pick next year, um, out with a, what sounds like a turf toe injury. It's tough because college, you don't get the, all this injury info that you get in the NFL. So Kentucky kind of got embarrassed. I, I, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like Will Levis is going to be back this week um, at home against Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, huge. They look, they look good. Huge win for Mississippi State last week. But, but yeah. I think if Will Levis plays, I'll let Kentucky to cover at home, probably win outright. That, that obvi- I mean, if, if Levis is out, though, I mean, obviously Kentucky stinks without him. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm worried about there. And uh, so that's that's the three. The other two that I am monitoring, one one that I really want to take, Syracuse minus three and a half at home versus NC State. NC State's quarterback went out last week with some kind of shoulder injury. Devin Leary, good quarterback, came out onto the sideline with a sling. Um, Dave Doran, the NC State coach, came out and said, uh, all, you know, all the imaging came back clean. He said this. He said it could be he could be here this week. It could be six weeks. I'm like, bro, that, that doesn't <laughs> tell me that doesn't tell me nothing, you son of a bitch. So if, uh, <laughs> if Devin if Devin Leary's out, I like Syracuse minus three and a half at home. And the other one, um, the other one I, I do like BYU is a one plus one and a half at home against Arkansas. Arkansas, another team. KJ Jefferson, obviously great quarterback. You know, obviously a huge focal point of that Arkansas offense. Missed last week, and they just got completely embarrassed by uh, by Mississippi State. So 
I, I think it sounds like KJ Jefferson is back. So, so the BYU game I probably don't want because I think KJ Jefferson's playing, in which I would say Arkansas probably wins that game because they, you know, this was a a top ten team a few weeks ago that kind of got hit with some some tough losses and the injury bug here. So, those are just some picks I'm monitoring. The first three year old will be the ones that we'll, we'll we'll have on the pod. All right, that was uh, that was a lot to take in. I would. We we're gonna have to discuss changing picks thing because the line's obviously gonna move. If- yeah, yeah. I'll I'll take the updated line when when that time comes if I want. Because when we when we because remember we when we recorded week the week one of the official picks we didn't have our picks we just said we were gonna we were gonna tweet them out and you were like oh maybe we'll just do that every week because it's tough to pick, make picks yeah. on Wednesday. I said oh or we yeah. could just do them and you know if we want to make a change we could we could we could you know post that but but I mean yeah obviously if the if the quarterback info comes out the line is going to change and i would take the updated line at that point but i mean it, it don't matter i can stick with the three i'm going three and no regardless like all five of you <laughs> win, so. I, I i do like giving out these picks on a wednesday though of lines that we think are gonna like guys that we think are gonna play saturday or sunday so the lines in our favor right now if you go take the line like thursday when you're listening to this uh so I do like that in that sense. So let me get to my picks and Jimmy's going to, we're going to wait for Jimmy to make his since he was uh, busy. I got the uh, Thursday night. If you're listening to this on a Thursday, good for you. West Virginia versus Baylor. The Sharps are on West Virginia plus three and a half. I didn't want to touch it because Baylor is a good defensive team. And if West Virginia can't get the ball moving, I think their defense breaks first so i took the over both teams are good at passing the ball i I really wanted to take the akron over again for you know third third week in a row but i'm going west virginia here west virginia over 54 and a half on thursday night and then i have the new orleans saints plus one and a half at home against the Bengals. The Bengals without T. Higgins, I think that does hurt their offense. Obviously, their offensive line is what's hurting their offense. With T. Higgins, it's kind of easier to double-team Chase and then put a guy right on, right over Hayden Hurst, and now you basically have to – you're forcing them to run the ball with Joe Mixon, and that'll slow down the clock. That'll, that'll slow the game down, probably work in the Saints' favor, who they have a really good defense. Saints at home plus one and a half, and then my lock of the week. On Saturday, last Saturday, I asked Danny, do you got any picks for me? Uh, I was itching to do something, and he said, you know, Utah minus three at UCLA is my favorite play today. I should have took it on the pod. And Danny just had a bad weekend, bad Saturday. And uh, so I did like that pick, though. Yeah. So I took I took me. Utah and I was watching the whole game and pretty pretty much right away I was like ah, Utah's playing tough but they just don't look like they're in the same class right now as UCLA they're just getting outplayed uh making doy doy plays and and then just kind of having some slop on defense but it is the Pac-12 so I didn't hold that too much against them they are at you or they are they're at USC, right? Okay, okay, yeah. Home, home against home USC. I just I, all the sharp money is on Utah here. Uh, all the big money early bets are on Utah. So 
get on Utah at three and a half. I think this line goes up to four, four and a half by kickoff, and we'll see. But that is my lock of the week, and we will certainly hope Utah. I, I would love Utah to win that, but I was I was looking at that one, and I was kind of leaning leaning USC, but I didn't take it. One one game that I, that frightens me, and I have no clue what's going to happen. Oklahoma at home minus nine against Kansas right now. Um, normally I would be like, yeah, hammer that. Jalen Daniels, fantastic Kansas quarterback, went down with a shoulder injury last week, and Kansas lost, and thus America lost. Um, reports were coming out that he's out for season, and then he came out on Twitter and and said, yeah, that's not true. So I I don't know. Does Jalen Daniels play? Is he done for a while? Oklahoma stinks. What's going? I have no idea what to expect from that game. But I just saw. Yeah, I I will be watching that game uh, pretty fully. I will be home alone as well for Penn State, Michigan, because wife is going to Wofford, Wofford football game, and she can't figure out why I'm not going to the Wofford Citadel football game. Uh, two teams with a combined one and eleven record, and she doesn't know why I'm staying home to watch Penn State, Michigan. Uh, well, she does; she gets it. But she was like, "Oh, really?" Like it's like, "Yeah, really." Yeah, there is no. Oh, trust me, I love money line. That's the other reason I'm not going. <laughs> uh, yeah, Citadel one and five, Wofford zero oh and six. It's, yeah, like usually Citadel is usually a decent team, though, right? Or am I crazy? If you can find the line, hammer it. Hammer the Citadel money line. If you can find out how to take it, hammer it. And I won't pay you back, but I'll apologize if I'm wrong. So I think that is it. Uh, Citadel is minus 11 and a half at Wofford. The money line is probably not a very good value, but hammer it anyway. All right. Well, enjoy your weekend, whatever you're doing. Nice Crisp fall weather continuing here into October. It's getting dark out a little earlier, so remember, stay healthy, America.